have it. See you later, folks. <laughs> um, yeah, this is Freightonomics. We bring freight and economics together. And I am Anthony Smith. You are Zach Strickland. And welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We so greatly appreciate it. And special shout out to the folks working behind the scenes. It's been a while since we gave them a shout out. The media crew, uh, Jonathan Smith in the background. We have Emla Howland. We have a newcomer, don't we? Yes, we do. Mr. Coker. Billy Coker. Billy Coker. So shout out to the whole team. Emily yeah. Zink's running a, a happy birthday, awesome Billy. Pod. Yeah. Well, yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, we have quite a few things to cover on this episode of Freightonomics, and as always, I'm going to confirm real quick. But as always, I believe we are streaming live. So, we oh, they, people <laughs> said it in my ear. We are streaming live. We so are. if you are watching in right now, if it's currently Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, <laughs> and you want to jump in on the conversation, I will be monitoring LinkedIn and Facebook as well to get your voices heard. Jump in on the conversation. If you have a topic that you want to kind of cover and jump into and have some expertise in, or you just want to have your voice heard. There it is. There it is. Let well said. Know. Yeah. And today on Freightonomics, we're going to talk about a plethora of things. Uh, the one, uh, one of the, one of the items being, uh, you know, we've got some macroeconomic data that just came out. Uh, the PMI uh, for May, uh, as well as some factory orders and LMI. LMI, we talked to Zach Rogers, of course, a few weeks ago uh, about the LMI and what it means to the logistics industry and logistics space. Um, and, you know, obviously our, our world is, is just as tumultuous as we, as we left it <laughs> a week ago, six weeks ago, et cetera. Uh, we've got a lot going on in the space, so a lot to talk about. It is also produce season. Yeah. Um, so we're going to touch on that a little bit. Uh, but, you know, first up, stories of the day, Anthony Smith. So we obviously have, you know, an ongoing story here over the last weeks uh, involving uh, Mr. George Floyd uh, and a lot of questions surrounding how the protests and, and whatnot are impacting, you know, some of these sectors. Like, the, obviously, the, the retail sector uh, has a lot of implications there. Uh, you know, are, is freight able to move in? Are they going to order any freight uh, just because, it, you know, there's not, they're not going to be able to get in and out? Uh, but also is demand down? And, you know, <clears throat> I think that's, that's a viable conversation to have at this point in time. Yeah. How much are the protests impacting the different sectors? Right, right. And I think even on one of the earlier Freight Waves Now episodes, even kind of, I think you, you looked at the Minneapolis area, right, for capacity mm -hmm. and activity going in and out, right? Right. So that was uh, a spike, right? So yeah, I mean, more activity or... It, the, the, the interesting thing is, is that we are in such a weird time <laughs> yeah. of existence that it is near impossible to disseminate what is <clears throat> impacted by this anomalous behavior or this anomalous behavior. Is it coronavirus? Is it, is it the, the protests? Is it civil unrest? We, uh, it's, it's, it's impossible to tell at this point because the data is fraught with anomalies and movements that are not traditional. If this were the only thing that were occurring right now, we could clearly identify it. But I think anecdotally speaking, uh, there was an article on FreightWaves.com uh, that you know covered some of this. Uh, a lot of the care, some of the cares are avoiding certain areas, but you know that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, they're unable to make these deliveries. They're just changing their delivery windows and their schedules. A lot of pickups of course, are made in the morning, the early morning hours after a lot of these protests have already died down. Um, 
So delivery windows, again, in the afternoons, not, not, as, not as impacted uh, you know, as some of these late night situations. Right. Uh, yeah. But on the retail space, what are you seeing? Um, retail space, I mean, we did see that the <laughs> last um, April numbers, I think, is expected to be the, the lowest of the low um, throughout the entire year, really showing that full year of uh, nationwide lockdowns and expectations of the remainder of the year to show some improvement. But um, as you mentioned, there are, you know, pretty significant protests going on throughout the country right now. And so that might put a bit of a halt or, or slowdown of sorts for some of the retail sales activity. Um, there are many companies and businesses that are either closing out of and uh, in, in, in respects to the protests that are going on. Um, there are some that are just, you know, not going to be seeing activity. Maybe there are some companies that are even giving their employees time off to participate. So there are many reasons that many companies are closing their doors right now. Um, and, and all levels of activity throughout the country. So that could be a bit of a limiting factor when we're looking at retail activity, when we're kind of look at uh, results for the end of May and into uh, early June. Yeah, so, so basically, you know, the recovery's slowing down. <laughs> it, it, is, it, is it how much of it is dependent on these protests? It's hard to tell exactly how much. Uh, but we are in a recovery, and I think that's been the consensus uh, here over the last couple of weeks. We've finally, I think, established the fact that April is the bottom uh, of, you know, the shutdown, the, the freight market, the economy in general. Uh, you know, numbers are still down year over year for the large part, but they're, they're not as down as we once thought. Now, uh, freight, freight volumes, however, uh, you know, on our index actually are showing year over year ups at this point. Uh, towards the back end of May, we actually had positive comps on our outbound tender volume index. We covered that a little bit last week, and it continues to be the case uh, this week as volumes have somewhat, you know, last week was actually a really strong week, uh, very anomalous, uh, you know, this time of year in terms of, you know, Memorial Day week, a lot of vacations. You know, we talked about how we think a lot of drivers, a lot of shippers have already had their vacation, you know, to an extent, or they just need, they need to get moving again. They've had some time off or it's been a diminished amount of activity in April. Therefore, they're not as in need of that week between Memorial Day and the, and the weekend to kind of take that off. So it's, you know, we saw a tremendous amount of freight moving last week uh, outside of Memorial Day itself, and that seems to have continued. Now, we got another uh, a validation of this. We just had an article come out on Freightways.com covered by uh, Todd Maiden yeah. uh, covering the LTL industry. Now, SIA and Old Dominion have intermittent updates in the quarter, uh, intra-quarter updates talking about what they're seeing in the market and volumes kind of tempering investor uh, expectations or, and whatnot. And they are talking about how April is does appear to be the bottom of the market. Now, they still have significant year-over-year downside in terms of revenue per shipment as well as volume uh, in general. So LTL shipments themselves are down, but they are recovering. And they did note in there that the last week or two of May actually had a much stronger uh, showing than the first couple of weeks of May, which again, is, is pretty consistent with what we've seen, you know, in our in our own indices, uh, you know, measuring a lot of truck truckload freight. So the good news is, is that, you know, most people are saying we're, we're on the up and up. Things are recovering. But, you know, we still have we still have this kind of looming macroeconomic 
situation over the top of us, and that is the fact that we are not 100% up and running. Uh, we just got uh, a couple of things released for May yeah. uh, that are actually a little bit discrepant of what we would, you know, what we look at in general. So yeah. the PMI, uh, LMI, et cetera. Now, the LMI is a different thing, but, you know, factory orders. Orders, of course, you've talked about on here as being a very leading indicator of the economy. So this is somewhat concerning to me. You know, if I'm in trucking and freight and I'm, you know, looking at the industrial sector and a lot of the industrial numbers are still showing pretty slow growth. Is that accurate? Yeah, a lot of them are still showing really slow growth. Um, one of the areas that, that I think you, you just kind of alluded to here was uh, the new orders uh, measure. So non-defense capital goods, new orders. If those of you that have watched the show know that this is one of my favorite metrics to monitor, really indicative of business to business activity. Downside is, is that it shows it's a bit late. So we just got the newest numbers, but the newest numbers are through April. So ah. it's not going to be indicative of what's happening right now um, or what's going on in May. So it's a bit late. But that thing is, is that these orders are put in place on an industrial level. They get put into production and then that production gets shipped out throughout the country. So there is that leading look and also that that segment that shows what business to business activity is looking like what the appetite is for um, looking at uh, uh, business investment for capital expenditures. Yeah, and I want to I want to jump in here on on the orders for a second because I think that we're in a very unique situation with these orders. Uh, you know, like you said, it's a leading indicator. These were for April. April, obviously, the bottom of activity. Uh, so we can expect May orders to be up. How much up? We don't know. That's obviously a big question, but. I think a lot of shippers out there, and I think we're seeing this now, is that they were expecting a very slow recovery pattern. Uh, they did not expect demand to come back in earnest. They were canceling orders. We talked about it on the maritime sector. Their, their, you know, their blank sailings are way up through July. They were canceling orders through July. Now, again, depending on the sector, retail, obviously, one of the ones hit hardest, especially on the apparel end, and a lot of the apparel comes from uh, China. And overseas, so a lot of that has to do with you know seasonal items such as apparel uh, being canceled. But how were they too quick to to start shutting these orders down? Because now we're seeing so much movement in, on the domestic side. The domestic freight market itself is 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 popping right now. We're seeing factories come back online. Automotive sectors starting to ramp back up. Uh, you know, all these different factories are starting to turn back on that were non-essential because states are opening up. And my thought here is that a lot of these shippers are going to have to really react quickly uh, to, you know, this demand side event. And I think we're seeing that reflected in our volumes. Right. A lot of intra-country movement right now, North American movement, North American freight movement, that's trying to cover up or at least manage the demand, some of these warehouses. They weren't operational a month ago. Now they're starting to operate again. Some of them got depleted during this mass sell-off, you know, in March uh, and while people were shuttered in April. So there's going to be this knee-jerk reaction, I think, that you're going to see, you know, kind of materialize where it's like, well, maybe the orders were down in April, but those shippers were reacting to an environment that is now completely different than what we're seeing today. Do you think that's accurate? Definitely. Definitely. I mean... That's one of the things that we always think about when we're looking at the movement of freight and the industry itself. I think um, that was one of the first talking points is when everything is kind of shutting down, when we have so much of a slowdown right now, 
the freight market's always a bit slow to react. Um, so when we had that ramp up in 2018, a lot of capacity came on in 2019. We didn't have that same activity in 2019. And a lot of folks were really in a bad position. We had an oversupply of trucks and, and carriers. And, and so now it's going to be almost like an inverse. So much capacity has come offline. And our people are going to be, our, our carriers, our, is the industry going to be prepared when there is a ramp up? And the interesting thing that I'm looking at now is how sustainable is a, a ramp up when we're looking at segment by segment, industry by industry. Primarily right now looking at, of course, uh, manufacturing, one of the hardest hit, um, one of the hardest hit that we expected. Um, and looking at, we just went over the orders. We saw that they did decline. And again, that is through April. A little bit more of a forward-looking indicator is the Purchasing Managers Index from the Institute for Supply Management. Um, and it showed that there was a 1.6-point increase from uh, 41.5 to 43.1. <laughs> so it's still very Big much jump. below that 50 <laughs> growth level benchmark. For those of you who are not familiar with this measure, uh, the ISM puts out a monthly indicator that gauges the health of the manufacturing economy or the manufacturing segment. And so anything above 50 is indicative of expansion. Anything below 50 is indicative of contraction. 50 is a pretty much baseline saying that nothing's changed. There's not any growth. There's not any contraction. It's just even. So reading that the overall number is 43.1, still so that there's contraction, but not as deep as it was. So it's contracting, but at a slower rate of change now. And so that's really, I think, the key because it's almost like showing that there's a turning point of sorts here. Right. And then obviously we were thinking April, the bottom, and this does corroborate that May is now up slightly. It may not be the booming up that we want to see, but at the same time, it's still up. And I mean, again, we, everybody's talking about V and U-shape recoveries and things like that. I think certain segments such as the manufacturing segment are going to be more U and you're going to have and you're going to have other sectors that are a little bit more V. Um, and I think that you're actually going to see an inverted V for a few people, such as the food and beverage, <laughs> yeah. you know, that had that huge spike. Uh, consumer products, you know, the toilet paper, huge spike. We're already seeing some of that, uh, the data come in on the credit card spending, um, you know, highlighting some of these sectors changes. So the food and beverage was fascinating to me because it's still elevated year over year of where it was. Uh, a lot of grocery, obviously, in that as people are still, you know, they're not eating out as much as they were last year still because restaurants are operating, uh, you know, a little bit lower uh, volume. But it's it's moderated t tremendously. Yeah. Uh, the apparel side of things still way down year over year, but it is starting to normalize. It's starting to come back up. And that's going to be more of a U-shaped recovery sector. Um, but then you have manufacturing, which is going to take a little bit more time. However... Here's my caveat for manufacturing and, and industrial production. These factories that were shut down, a lot of these factories need supplies and parts and other things just to run. So they need this stuff as a bare minimum just to get going and keep, you know, that kind of stockpile in the back ready to go in case there's any disruption. They have not been built up to have a lot of warehousing in these facilities. So this... It's going to take a minute, and I believe that that's a lot of what we're seeing right now is a lot of these factories and industries and, and things like that are having this initial startup. It's like cranking the engine. You get a lot more gas getting pushed through the engine just to get it going, and then it's going to moderate a little bit. Yeah. And I think we're seeing a little bit of that right now uh, combined with some seasonal affect. 
you know, this time of year in the freight market where you see this traditional, you know, rise in freight volume activity. And a lot of that is on the food and beverage side. Yeah. Uh, produce season specifically uh, is cranking up now. Now, we don't track the volumes of the produce movements inside of our stuff, but I do watch the produce <laughs> movements. The USDA does a pretty good job of reporting it, and we actually capture that in Sonar itself. Um, so we're actually seeing a stronger produce season this year in terms of spot rate okay. than we did in 2019. Interesting. Which to me is quite fascinating. And, and all that's indicative of is the fact that they are actually having stronger volumes. And again, this food and beverage, you know, fresh produce demand has been on the rise because people are shopping more at groceries. But the yield on these, on these products is actually what drives produce season. It's not necessarily how much demand is there for it, but the yield of the harvest itself, which uh, supposedly has been pretty strong thus far. Uh, you've got lettuce, uh, broccoli, celery, strawberries. Uh, those are the main bumper crops out there in California that drive a lot of those produce movements. Uh, we're seeing as much as an, you know, eight to 15% year over year increase in spot rate out of that area alone. Uh, it is watermelon season in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> uh, watermelon's, of course, the the heaviest of the produce that moves in the country. So you can get a huge truckload of this stuff um, moving out of there. So it's watermelon season down in Florida. Not seeing the capacity constraints down in Florida. But again, Florida's kind of a black hole for trucks. Yeah. So they, they can get in whenever they want. It's just coming out that they have a lot of trouble with. So it is watermelon season. So the produce movements are strong. Freight volumes are strong. Food and beverage side still continues to be a big, you know, headwind. And I think some of this industrial and manufacturing sector is going to provide a near-term bump. So it's kind of like a double up of a wave. Yeah. As some of these seasonal items combine with this cranking of the engine, if you will, not to make a pun on the automotive industry being part of that. I see what you did there. Yeah, that, was, <laughs> that wasn't my cleverest thing. But, but yeah, I think it's I think I think we might see a little bit of a mitigation here in the next little bit. And we are starting to see uh, some of those volumes come down a little bit off mm -hmm. of last week. And our and it's a very it's too early to call it really a retraction, but it's definitely a I think we're starting to hit that plateau, uh, if you will. Now, I could be totally wrong here because who knows what's going to happen next 2020. <laughs> We're entering the June level, and yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of su surprises out there yeah. for us. Yeah. Um, and I'm with you. I mean, we're looking at manufacturing and different components. Not all of it's going to be recovering at the same rate. Not all of it's going to be equal. And the big thing that I'm looking at is the demand side, and especially when we're looking at manufacturing. So as I mentioned, the ISM PMI, it increased. The PMI, they the, the ISM also releases different components for the PMI, and so it has uh, new orders, production, employment, supplier deliveries, inventories, prices, things like that. And so we're looking at the different components for particularly the ISM um, PMI. The new orders, it moved up 4.7 points. That's big news. Here's the thing. <laughs> it moved from 27.1 <laughs> to 31.8. So for those of you, that's still pretty far away, is away from that 50 threshold. So it's we're showing that there's some activity, but still... Uh, we're better than terrible. Yeah, slightly. Or we're better than completely awful. Slightly. Yeah, okay. it's like it's still on fire. <laughs> it's just not burning as hot right now. And so that's exactly what you're seeing with new orders. Um, production moved up 5.7 points. Um, so that's still in a contraction, though, because production is now reading a 33.3. 
uh, employment uh, moved up 4.6 points, now registering a 32.1. So although this is still deep into contraction, I think it is a sign that, okay, maybe we found that bottom in April, right? And now we have many uh, states start to reopen, larger metropolitan areas starting to launch again. And uh, some of the, and, and throughout early June, I think I've heard um, New York is starting to come back online somewhat. And so when we start to see these larger metropolitan areas, I think that's when we can really kind of, especially on the East Coast where a lot of that manufacturing activity is, yeah. that's when we can kind of expect a little bit more activity here. But that thing is the demand because this was such a, a hard hit industry before COVID-19. Um, we had uh, that, um, that, that uncertainty from the trade wars. We had many people really kind of pulling forward earlier on in the year their, their potential orders, and now they're seeing that many are canceling their capital goods expenditures. And so that demand is going to be really interesting to see if there's going to, going to be any kind of push forward, any kind of incentivization for that demand, if we can see any kind of uh, government incentives, whether it might be a tax break or anything like that to kind of prod activity there. Because when we're looking at activity now, I think the hot one is uh, automotive. And mm -hmm. automotive, a great industry. We want to see it. We want to see American producers producing. But when we're looking at, say, for industrial production, manufacturing is over 70% 70, 70 of overall industrial production. And then when we break down industrial production, automotive is still well under, I think, well under 15% of all of that. So right. even if we're spiking in manufacturing, and uh, I'm sorry, for motor vehicle production, I don't know if that's going to be enough to kind of save the complete uh, uh, overall manufacturing industry. We're going to need to see some of that business investment. Um, by the way, Tim Dooner is getting active in these LinkedIn comments. And is she saying return of the stapler? Yes. We have Kenneth Carter in here. Kenneth Carter III, excuse me, mm -hmm. says great information. Thank you. We appreciate you. Yes. Um, Tim Dooner says we weren't eating enough deuce in 19. Uh, he's referring to produce. Oh, yeah. Um, Tim Dooner. <laughs> now his, we're getting healthy. <laughs> I like it. With his, uh, oh, and he's, he comments on your puns. He says, poor fundamentals. <laughs> ah, there he goes. But Jump Kenneth in. Carter III, he liked that pun. He's on your team. I like I like. You got him. somebody on your side. I like Kenneth Carter III. We can be friends. <laughs> you got someone on your side, Zach. <laughs> but other than that, we also got um, the LMI, and, and we're going to try to going to try to get Zach to Zach, Zach to professor, Dr. Mm -hmm. Zach Rogers um, here in the, in the next couple of weeks to kind of break that down a little bit more. But initially, just kind of talking to some of the initial findings for the LMI, it did increase, though, very similar to the PMI, anything above 50, indicative of growth, anything below 50, indicative of contraction. Um, it, we got a reading of 54.46, so 54.5. Um, not the worst. For May, not the worst because the worst was last month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're improving and uh, we are still expanding. So last month was a 51.3, so it's a 3.2% uh, uh, point rise. And we're really seeing that um, the, the freight industry is expanding still. Um, now, of course, like the PMI, the LMI is broken down into different components. There's inventory levels, which is expanding, inventory cost, which is expanding, um, warehouse capacity, 
which is contracting. So really, there's a little bit of a push pull there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. <laughs> um, especially still seeing uh, transportation capacity that took a pretty big dip. Mm -hmm. So transportation capacity went from a 57 um, from a 62 to a 57. So that's come down, and really still seeing that. Um, uh, I think uh, increase from the lowest on record so for yeah, transportation no, that, prices. But that, that's a that's a decent sign for carriers out there. When capacity yeah. is contracting, that's actually a good sign, not expanding. So you almost want a lower number if you're a carrier or broker out there, or I don't know, somebody like that. Shippers obviously do not want to see that capacity contract. Right. Um, they want the well, they want the high number on that one. Right. Right. Exactly. And so that's just a, a quick hit on some of the latest LMI numbers. Again, we're going to kind of try to get Mr. Zach to <clears> come on. Excuse me, uh, <laughs> Dr. Rogers, um, <laughs> Professor Dr. Rogers, <laughs> on here uh, next week to talk about some of the the findings there. But he did outline. I had a call with him yesterday that uh, transportation prices were at historic lows, and that um, we're looking at um, warehouse demand. The demand for goods just isn't there, so that's going to start to kind of build up in the warehouses right now. Yeah. Um, also mentioned that downstream, more on the consumer side. Um, there's a lot more activity there on the, on the consumer side of things, on the downstream right. side of things. When you're looking at wholesalers, it's a little bit more difficult. You mentioned it's difficult for wholesalers to cancel orders. And it's, you're not going to see outlets that are able to um, uh, kind of merge into e-commerce lanes. You know? So wholesalers and manufacturers are going to have a harder time and those are the big mitigating goods. losses. Those are the big goods. Exactly. Yeah. 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 The big goods are, are going to be the ones that really drive the majority of the, the market itself. So that's that's going to be difficult to to pull back. Now, along the same lines of your orders and everything, you know, we had class orders, preliminary class eight orders, which is the diesel trucks that you see moving uh, trailers up and down the road. Uh, they came in, uh, you know, Again, validating that April was the bottom. They came out higher in May, preliminarily reported by ACT and FTR both. Um, but they were still down significantly year over year. So again, a little bit of a bounce. And this is that capital goods. This is that business investment that, down, that downstream of all this, you know, in the third and fourth quarter will have a notable impact to the freight market and, you know, the economy itself. Uh, because if they're not ordering it today, you know, right now we're going to live on these con consumers really starting to pick things up, uh, you know, on some of these other goods and, and industries, but the manufacturing and industrial sector uh, really probably going to need to see some of these orders pick back up before we, we return to full strength in the economy. Exactly. Exactly. We have, oh boy, um, we have a comment here. Mm -hmm. And I say, oh boy, because I am going to get this name completely wrong. Oh, here we go. But... We have Ankit. I'm 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 going to spare the last name because I don't want to disrespect anyone in any kind of way yeah. of trying that. But Ankit says, great updates. Do we see the LTL volumes going down once we have more people coming out? Currently, they seem to be at an all-time high. Yeah, I think I think you know right now. I don't know about all-time high and in, in every aspect. Obviously, Old Dominion and Saya, two of the biggest publicly traded LTL carriers in the country, are not seeing all-time highs. They're just seeing uh, recovery volumes, and they're spiking right now. They're moving real fast. You've got a lot of freight moving right now. This knee-jerk reaction, things are things are picking back up, and they're picking back up in this weird pattern. So it's 
I think you will see mitigation <laughs> uh, inevitably here in the next month or two uh, that has to happen just because it's not sustainable the rate that we're, we're bouncing. Uh, my concern is how much are we going to then kind of pull back down off of that? Uh, you know, will we be able to sustain at a high level of activity? Yeah. What will that do? Spot rates are still down uh, significantly. Uh, they're not, you know, they're, they're actually up. The average spot rate is actually up year over year uh, on the national average. Yeah. Um, but again, last year, early 2019, was one of the worst, softest. And I think that's fascinating to see that we're actually at a higher spot rate than we were in the first half of 2019 to this point. Uh, that may change as, as rates did recover later in the year, but we'll see. So, Anthony, we're just at a minute. Closing out. Closing out. So I want to get this, this last thing in. Let's hear it. This last, last debate question. So we've been going through some, some challenges here in the last couple of months. Mm. Things, 2020 hasn't been great for everybody. You've had a pretty decent 2020. Uh, it's been a, it, I've, yeah, <laughs> it's been a good year. What, what is the one thing you want to keep from the new post-COVID-19 life? Are you setting me up right now? I am. <laughs> <laughs> Abs. 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 Um, <laughs> I, I think walking. So I've been doing a lot of walks. Mm -hmm. um, walking around town, go for an hour, hour and a half, mm -hmm. two hours, listening to audiobooks. It's a great way to decompress, mm -hmm. learn. So you've had some relax. time yeah. to just, you know, you've... you've Gyms are closed. Just go for a walk. Go for the walk. All right. Well, for me, yeah. I don't want the traffic to come back. I haven't missed it. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Thanks for watching. Have a great one. <laughs>